Hi, Sally. Hey, Tyla. How are you today? I'm good. I'm mostly good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm having a great morning. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. So what's the best thing that's happened to you since the last time we spoke? <laughs> um, full disclosure, we recorded the last episode of our podcast yesterday. So the best thing that's happened to me since we last spoke is that I accidentally spent all day reading my book yesterday. I did not intend to do absolutely nothing but read, but then my book just got so good that I couldn't help it. And it was wonderful. I love it. I think that those are the best when that happens. Yeah. It's so fun. If anybody's looking for a really good read, I'm finishing the third book of the Passage Trilogy by Justin Cronin. And it's about vampires, but not in a Twilight kind of way. That's a good way to describe it, I guess. Yeah. It's like, it's more of like about vampires in a walking dead kind of way. Oh, okay. I don't know that that's how I would describe it, but that's, that's fine. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's great. Wonderful. It's great is the point. Everybody should read it. It's yeah. the best. There are all these like super beautiful truths about like life and love and the universe that are really wonderful and just kind of slipped in there between yeah. uh, other things. <laughs> it's magical. I love it. Mm hmm. Sally, what's the best thing that happened to you since yesterday? Um, well, we watched the Tonys. I, uh, yeah, we did watch the Tonys. I love the Tonys. Um, oh gosh, they're just, they're just so fun. I don't think that people understand how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so just so everybody knows, Sally and I are in Mexico right now and we were going to try to stream the Tonys live on CBS, but you can't do that from Mexico. Mm. And so we ended up having to, Skype Sally's sister who took her computer and like turned it around to face the TV so that we could watch the Tonys. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> it was great. I loved it so much. Um, thanks you, Mel. Yeah. Thanks you, Mel. You're the bomb. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely the, the highlight. Cause I just, I just get so giddy. It's such a good time. I always have so much fun watching it. Even, even the ones that are boring this year was really good. What but... was your favorite moment of the Tonys? Oh boy. Um, I think I really loved, um, that Hamilton performed at the end. That was a really lovely way to end the night. Um, and I think it's really great that they got to perform again. Cause I was really sad that none of the women really got to shine. Oh, I had that thought too. I was like, this is highlighting all the men in their yeah. first performance. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that they got a chance to shine and show people why they're awesome. Um, yeah. I also really loved all of their acceptance speeches. They're yeah. just so good. Lin-Manuel's sonnet, just like, ah, uh, I can't even. I know. Ugh, I love it. <sighs> I love all of them. Go, if you have not watched the Tonys, you don't need to watch the Tonys, but at least go see the performances. I'm sure they're available somewhere and the acceptance speeches. Cause I think all of them, like Leslie's was really good. Renee's was really good. I mean, I was crying. Yeah. David's was good too. And then we're just talking about the Hamilton cast for yeah, anyone who doesn't I don't, know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, don't care about anybody else's acceptance <laughs> speeches. <laughs> they were fine. <laughs> I guess Franklin Jella also had a really, yeah, a really good one. So yeah, go watch the acceptance speeches from the Hamilton cast and 
I guess he won lead actor in a play. That's what Frank Lichel right. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch those and then watch the Hamilton performances. And then you're good. You'll be good. Maybe also the waitress performance if you'd like. Oh, my God. That performance made me want to see that show so badly. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> well, speaking of performances and performers, Sally, who do we have as our guest today? Oh, boy. I'm so excited about our guest today. She is now a dear friend. I guess I consider her a dear friend. I hope that she doesn't mind that I said that. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, uh, we're not friends. (laughs) Um, we went to high school together actually side note. And then we reconnected a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm just so excited to have her on. So I'm really jazzed to welcome Cindy. Yay, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. And yes, Sally, we're friends. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Glad we got that cleared up. It's yes. not so awkward. I wasn't there. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, what if I'm not her friend? <laughs> Sally and I just had this conversation like two days ago about people that like think you're their friend, but you're like, maybe not really. Or like, yeah. <laughs> and then it puts you, and then you just never know. <laughs> So yes, that's great. Are. We are friends. You. <laughs> that's wonderful. Glad we cleared that up. Um, and so we've got Cindy on today because a year ago today, she launched her Kickstarter. Um, and I just, I just have loved everything about her journey leading up to that and, um, and then having the Kickstarter campaign. So Sally, what was her Kickstarter for? It was for her EP, Unmasked. Is it an, it's an EP? Yeah. Yes, it is. That up. Yeah. Her an EP Unmasked. <laughs> That's what it was for. Um, and I mean, I'm sure that we'll talk a little bit more about this, but I think that one of the things that blew me away about that and why I wanted to have her on is because she had received um, advice about setting her goal amount pretty low. And she ignored that and went with her gut and totally exceeded her goal amount. So I'm excited to talk about that. I I guess that that was like the, like maybe something to save for like later on in the conversation. No, I'm like, let's say it up front because I think that the goal amount, y'all, her goal was like $20,000. Is that right? Yes, it is. Oh boy. So, so I'm excited (laughs) about that. So take us back you know, now that we've kind of set that up, take us back to a year ago today. Um, and I guess just set the scene for us a little bit. Okay. So I had been doing lots of research on what it takes to do a really awesome, um, EP. And the advice that I got was to get out there and find a producer who's already doing the kind of music that I want to do, find someone who's in the industry and just figure out how much it costs to get them and find the money. So, you know, I reached out to this producer out of England, Blair McKitchen, and um, I found out that I would need about $20,000 to work with him. And I didn't have anywhere close to that. So I decided to do this Kickstarter campaign. And I am the research queen. I don't do anything without, you know, going on Google and finding as much information as I can first. And I actually purchased an online course about how to successfully fill a crowdfunding campaign. Actually, I I purchased like two of them (laughs) Um, and another course um, about, you know, the spirituality of money. So I was not going into this um, lightly. 
And um, the the course that specifically talked about crowdfunding for musicians, um, you know, they tell you to go through your list of contacts and add them all up and they have a crowdfunding calculator. So once you, you know, add up the number of people that you know, you put it into the calculator and they, um, you know, guess what your fundraising potential is. And my fundraising potential was about $5,000. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, that's not even close to what I need. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to go for 10,000 because you know, I know, I know a lot of people I've lived in New York. I've lived in North Carolina. I've lived in Massachusetts. And, and I was just like, I know a lot of people I can pull this off. Um, but then I started talking to my mentors and they were like, so have you done a real budget? You know, sit down, list all your expenses. What do you really want? Yeah, like let's base this not just on like what you think your potential is to raise, but actually on what you need to get the project done. Exactly. So when I did the math, I was like, okay, I need $20,000. Let's go for it. Um, I I also spoke to one other mentor and and asked um, for advice. And she said, you know, you can go for $20,000. Just be prepared to put in a $20,000 effort. And I was like, really? That's it? Okay, let's go. So <laughs> I did it. And, um, you know, I, I followed all the steps of the courses. And the first few days, they were they were okay. I raised like $1,500 in the first three days. Oh and gosh. for the average person, that would have been amazing. Um, but because I was trying to raise $20,000, it really wasn't all that great. Yeah, <laughs> wait, it was actually we, pretty scary. Before we get into you know, like your success right away and how much you raised by when I really want to know, like emotionally that day that you put your Kickstarter to live, like how were you feeling? Cause it's such a big deal to put yourself out there like that. Um, at that point I was nervous, but I felt like I had done my homework so I felt like things were going to go well. Um, one of the things that I did to kind of like stick a foot up my ass was that I bought my flight to England before I launched mm. the Kickstarter campaign. So like failure wasn't really an option. Um, and great. I went into it just feeling like, okay, this is going to happen. I've already booked my flight. I've already booked studio time in England. It's just a matter of actually getting this thing done. Um, That's amazing. Oh my God. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you were doing this. Yes. But after the first three days, when I saw how, um, how far away I was from my goal at that point, because here's the thing, I've seen other people do this before. And I knew that in order for this to go smoothly, I needed to raise about 30% of my goal in the first few days. And How that didn't happen. How long is the whole campaign? Um, I did mine for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the first few days, even though I'd raised 1500 I started panicking. Um Because I realized that it wasn't just as simple as putting it out there and asking people. And I found out that asking people for money actually wasn't simple at all. It was terrifying and it was embarrassing and it was, it was just, 
it was not what I expected it to be. Um, I found that, okay, so, so part of my strategy was to reach out to a certain number of people every day. And my original goal was to maybe reach out to 30, 40 people a day. And I would reach out to 10 people and literally get sick to my stomach and just stop. Mm. It made me that uncomfortable. It's hard. Money is such an uncomfortable thing to talk about in general. And then like to go one step further and be like, I'm asking you for your money. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings up all of your fears and your money story. And it brings up everyone else's fears and money story. Like I, I remember watching Tyler, when you put up your crowdfunding campaign, that there were people in your life who were highly offended that you would (laughs) ask for money. (laughs) I know. I'm just sitting here being like, okay, well, first of all, when I did mine, I didn't do any research. I was just like, (laughs) I'm just going to put this thing up here and see how it goes. And, and I didn't, I mean, mine was a very different situation than yours. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll just say briefly so that everyone listening knows. Is I, you know, we've talked about the money that I've invested in my personal growth um, over the last year. And in doing that, I have created quite a bit of debt. And I've had so many people in my life be like, let me know how I can support you. I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. And so one day I just had the idea. I was like, I know I'll tell people how they can support me. It's they can help me like pay off this debt. And Oh my God. I put it out there and I, I was very clear. I was like, this is to pay off, you know, $36,000 of debt. And oh boy, it was terrifying. So I, I mean, and I wasn't even using Kickstarter. That's the other thing is like, I used GoFundMe, which you receive the funds, even if you don't make your goal. So, Cindy, I can't even imagine how stressful it was for you because with Kickstarter, you only receive any of the money if you make your goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. But that's why I chose that platform because I know myself. If it wasn't for that pressure of if you don't get all of it, it's not going to happen, I wouldn't have raised anywhere close to that amount of money. Mm Um. But <laughs> that stress, it, it, it took a toll on me. I cried every day of that campaign. Oh um, God. I didn't sleep. <laughs> I was, I wasn't eating well. Like I, <laughs> I paid dearly for that campaign with my health after it was finished. Yeah. Um, you said, um, that you noticed in mine that I had a few people in my life who were not only not supportive, but kind of outright, um, whatever the opposite trigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> triggered. Very triggered. Um, Upset. <laughs> did you have any responses like that where people like, who oh, do you think you yeah. are? <laughs> um, so my parents were not very supportive at all. And, and they made comments about me begging people for money. Like my parents were very embarrassed by my campaign. And while I am, you know, working on building my career, I'm living with them. So every day there was a constant reminder um, that I had a lot of fears about begging people for money. And all of my fears were reflected through my parents mm-hmm. <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there were people who um, wanted a lot of detail about, um, there were people who, who, 
mm, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. <laughs> when I said I needed $20,000 for production, there was a lot of, well, I know someone who can do it cheaper. And, mm-hmm. and why are you spending so much money on this? And, yeah. you know, I could have done your production. I'm like, yo, I didn't mm-hmm. ask you to do my production. <laughs> I did my right. research. I know who I want to work with. Are you going to support me or not? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually my experience with my GoFundMe for my solo show was mm-hmm. that then people kept questioning how much money I was asking for. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, it was funny because I knew that that was what I needed. I mean, I knew for instance, so Cindy was one of my backup singers. I knew that it was so important to me to pay Cindy to sing mm-hmm. for me. It was like, it would have hurt my heart to not have money to, to pay. And she didn't need the money. She said, I don't need you. You don't need to pay me. <laughs> Um, but it just, at that point, especially for me, it was so important to work with who I really wanted to work with Mm -hmm. and to pay them what I could. Um, so even, so actually I could have asked for more because I, it would have been really nice to me to have been able to pay more for each of the musicians, um, and for Cindy and, you know, like I, that would have been really, really lovely. And in my head, I would have also gotten everyone a gift. So, you know, that, that would have been more <laughs> money too. But, um, but I was like, okay, well, this is the bare minimum that I require to make this happen. And still everyone was like, well, like, I mean, I know, I have a friend who could play bass for you. I was like, well, I don't need your friend to play bass for me. <laughs> like, I <laughs> Thank have you. a bass player. <laughs> well, it's just, it was a real, it was really important to me to have, you know, the caliber of musicians that I was working with, to have mm-hmm. people who have been on Broadway shows, to have somebody who was, you know, one day do at our rehearsal and then the next day playing for Audrey McDonald. Like that was important oh, man, to me. That is so cool. So like that, that was the level that I required. And it was, it was really interesting how much it like and made people question the amount that I was asking for too. Well, it's so interesting because even though I wasn't working toward like a tangible goal in terms of like having a solo performance or a solo show or putting out an EP, I was, you know, framing it in the way of like, I want to pay off this debt. And also I'm trying to start a business. And I also got people reaching out to me with advice. Um, And it is so interesting because some of the advice I was grateful for, but some of it, I was like, I didn't ask for your (laughs) advice. Yeah. I asked for your support Mm -hmm. and you can support me or not. Um, The other thing that's really coming up is how, Oh my God. I, if I had made a list of the people who I thought would support me, um, not a single one of those people chose to make a donation. And then on the flip side of that, every single person who donated was a total surprise to me. And (laughs) every single person who donated, I wanted to be like, oh my God, you were not my target audience. Like, I can't take your money. Here's your money back. But, um, but it made me realize what I want in terms of support. It's not support from people who feel obligated. It's support from people who truly believe in what I'm doing. Um, Cindy, what was your experience around that? Were you surprised by who did and didn't donate? Oh yeah. Um, there were people who are close to me that I expected to donate and didn't. And, and like you said, there were people who 
I haven't spoken to in years. There were high school classmates that I really don't think I had a single conversation with ever <laughs> that dropped $200 in Aww. my crowdfunding campaign. I was just, I was That's amazing. floored. So remember I said I cried every day of my Kickstarter. Half of the time it was tears of, oh my God, I don't know if this is going to happen. And other times it's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's getting so much money. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, I even donated, and I didn't even know you. I was just so like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it was just like I was so in awe and admiration of what you were doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you know, you talked about putting in a twenty thousand dollar effort, being your Facebook friend, and seeing how often <laughs> it was coming up. I was like, this, like, you're so committed to it, and. We talked about how hard it can be to put yourself out there, but to put yourself out there over and over (laughs) and over for 30 days. I was just like, I think you were getting near the end when I was like, I have to give this girl, I don't know, it was probably like $20 or something, but ah, and and I hadn't even been through it yet. So now I would, if I could go back, I would give you more money because now I know how hard it is. Thanks. And remember, the, <laughs> that was part of the reason why I chose Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Had it not been for Kickstarter, you wouldn't have been seeing me do it that often because it's uncomfortable. You, mm-hmm. as you saw, it's so uncomfortable. So I really needed that, that all or nothing push. And, and my mind frame by the time I got to the end was if you don't donate, it's not going to be because you didn't know. <laughs> It's going to be because you didn't want to, but I couldn't let any dollars slip under the cracks because someone just, you know, didn't have the opportunity because they didn't know. Yeah. That's so amazing because with mine, I did not do that. I posted it like maybe three times and then I, and then I let it go. Um, but it was so interesting because sometimes I'll post something on Facebook and I'll get like 150 or 200 likes. But every single time I posted about, the GoFundMe, I got like maybe 10 likes at the most. And it was like some very vulnerable sharing, which is usually what gets a response. And so it's like, you're just sitting there wondering, you're like, did nobody see it? Did I post at the wrong time of day? Or is it just that uncomfortable that everyone's choosing to ignore me? So I love that you were like, um, hi, you're not going to ignore me. (laughs) You're not going to pretend like this is not happening. (laughs) Yeah. I, I literally, I, so the turning point was I did a, um, a solo show and it was supposed to be like this, um, almost like a telethon. Like I had it live streamed. I was hoping that, you know, people who showed up would contribute, that people watching on the internet would contribute. And I really thought that that would be like a turning point. Oh my God. I love that you like did a telethon. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a major fail because Mm -hmm. at the end of that night, I had lost over a thousand dollars on that show because not as many people as I expected to show up showed up. And when I asked my sister, so how many donations did we get? She was like, eh, $20. And oh, God. It literally like it broke my heart. And at that point I was like, okay, I need to get out of my feelings and just ask everybody every day and just not care anymore. And, and that's, that's really what, what caused the, the shift in how I was operating during the campaign. When you say 
to not care anymore. I want to ask you to actually like go a little deeper and be a little more truthful about what that means. Cause I know it's not that you decided ah, okay. to not care. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not that I didn't care because I, I definitely cared, but, <laughs> um, it was not so much. It was me starting to remove attachment, um, to, being like super concerned about what people thought about me. Because at the end of the day, I was like, whether or not you like me, whether or not you approve of me doing this campaign, I need $20,000 to get to England. (laughs) So, you know, I just had to make a choice, like which was more important to me, getting to England and getting this done and moving forward with my life goals or being stuck wondering whether or not this person that I haven't spoken to in 10 years is going to be mad at me because I asked them for money. Hmm. And then like I, it, I literally turned it into a numbers game. Like once I, you know, again, got out of my feelings, I just started going down the list and just started reaching out to people. And, and I, I noticed that about 30% of them would respond. Um, so I just did the math. I was like, okay, if I am, you know, $10,000 short, I need to reach out to this many more people to reach this goal. Mm-hmm. What was your like average donation? Um, Seventy, seventy-five dollars. That's high. Yeah, it's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with everything that you're sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all about it. It's reminding me. It's like putting me back there, back because I saw it all unfold. I mean, I remember when you were still like, "Oh my god!" But everybody's telling me that I need to ask for five thousand dollars. And that's, I can't ask for $5,000. Like I need more money. Mm -hmm. And, and then like the journey to get to the point where it's like, okay, now we're launching. No, like I'm asking for $20,000. No, I chose Kickstarter because it's all or nothing. Like, no, that's just what it is. And then seeing, seeing the responses, seeing people who were helping you. And then also seeing like, and also being Cause I, I feel like I donated, like I committed pretty early on. And so to me, I was like, I don't understand people. Why aren't you committing money? <laughs> I well, don't I think, get it. I think that the reason I ended up donating was cause I saw it on Sally's Facebook wall. Cause I didn't even know you yet, Cindy. Mm. Yeah. I, I was just so like, this needs to happen. And to me, it was such a big deal too, because I knew that it was, um, a spiritual leap as much as anything else for you specifically. Oh yeah. Um, and so, and I hadn't even, I guess I hadn't known at the time that you had, um, invested in a spiritual money, like a spiritual wealth course, but I did know that it was like really affirming to you and really a really big spiritual leap for you. Um, and so that was part of, I think, why I was so like invested in seeing it succeed. I was like, no, she must do this. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I appreciate you yeah. being so invested in it. You're and, welcome. and that's really what took it over the edge. Like there were a lot of people who shared it and, and not only shared it, but shared it with specific people, especially coming down to the wire when, you know, I was so close. Like people would tag their friends in this post and say, Hey, 
you, you need to give Cindy some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my, wait, that? how close did you cut it? Because I remember it was like really close. It was between two and five minutes. Oh it was my God. dangerously close. It was the scariest shit I've ever uh, experienced in my life. What was going on for you in that two to five minutes when you were like, well, I guess actually like in the 10 minutes before that, when you were like not sure if you were going to make that goal at that point, would you just donate the rest yourself? I would be like, like, fuck it. I'm going to donate the rest of the money to get myself to the goal. I didn't have it. Oh, God. Like there was nothing. There was no, and people were, were reaching out to me. There were family members who were reaching out to me, like get someone to like front you the rest of this money. I, I used up all my resources. There was no one. <laughs> How far away were you? Um, Approximately. Okay. So <laughs> I got, I'm like I getting it, really like this. amped up into the story right now. I'm like, oh my God, what, what was happening? Such a drama. So I have to tell you the story of the last day. Um, when I woke up that morning, I was $8,000 short. Oh my God. Um, and it was climbing steadily throughout the day. Um, at one point it was like $1,000 every hour <laughs> on the hour. Um, and then at 10 PM, um, I was $2,000 short, um, between 10 PM and 11 PM. There wasn't really very much activity. Um, at 11 PM, I was about $2,000 short and I was like, Oh shit, I haven't had a $2,000 day. How is this going to happen? Um, and I was literally sitting there shaking for like the whole, for, for that last hour, my body would not stop shaking. And I would just like go on social media and post like, please help me. Like the, before everything was very, um, <laughs> very reserved. And <laughs> at this point I was just like, guys, you gotta help me. Also, no, please God. Please. Please. <laughs> um, and in that last hour, like people started increasing their donations mm-hmm. um ah. like i started reaching out to family members who were who promised they were going to donate and hadn't done so yet i was just like okay i need you to do this now because i'm running out of time i got 15 minutes left and it's so close and help please oh my um, god and yeah, oh my gosh it's funny because I, I literally feel right now what i was feeling at that mm-hmm. time it was such great panic and fear and all of a sudden, like, I, I just kept checking it and it would like go up a hundred dollars. It would go up another hundred, couple hundred dollars. And all of a sudden it was just like, okay, we did it. And I just collapsed. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure I started crying. <laughs> oh, I was bawling. <laughs> I was so, cause I remember, I remember you. Like I I kept checking, I kept refreshing and I was like, nothing's moving. Nothing's happening. What's going on? Where is everyone? And I remember that I want to say that one of the ways that you asked for help, I might be making this up, or maybe that somebody asked on your behalf was like, let's send love and light to Cindy's project. Um, and like prayers and like any, I think maybe it was in Caitlin's group. Maybe. awesome. Yeah. And maybe somebody said it in the comments. I don't remember, but I just remember that there was like suddenly this energy of like, let's focus on getting this thing through. Like, let's do it. I know that I increased my donation 
amount. But I think that, yeah, in that moment, in those moments, like I just kept refreshing. I was like, is she going to make it? Is she going to make it? Is she going to make it? And then for the last like three minutes, I was just praying. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, I love you. So I increased my donation. <laughs> That's what I could do. I probably shared it on Facebook somewhere or whatever. And then I was like, I'm just going to pray. That's the only thing left to do. And so then once like once midnight hit and I got to refresh and then I was like, Oh God, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you made the goal. Did you exceed the goal? Actually? I did by $233. I think. Oh, wow. People really at the last minute were like, we got to get this done. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were so many people invested at that point. They were just like, okay, we, we got to find some way to make this happen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I was so, 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 so grateful. Who were you physically with? Were you alone? I was with my family. Mm-hmm. With, were your parents there? Yeah. And at this point, were they, how were they being? <laughs> so they were just like, hmm, I wonder if she's going to make it. Uh, you're kidding. They it. weren't like, they weren't like rooting for you? No. <laughs> oh my God. Oh boy. I want to like just shake my finger at your parents. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, they they were they, they were shocked. They, I don't think they ever believed that I could actually do it. Mm. Did they celebrate with you? No. Oh my God, Cindy. And I'm <laughs> I'm trying to stop myself from crying right now. It's oh, not working. Okay. Yeah, no, we, we cry on every episode. Yeah, <laughs> oh, great. It's kind okay. of our thing. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, what happened was a couple weeks later, like my body just crashed. And what I got was it's because of that Kickstarter campaign that you did because you ran your body into the ground. You shouldn't have done that. That's that's what I got from my parents after my mm-hmm. campaign. You're like, um, shut up. I just raised $20,000. Yeah. Like I can afford to be sick for a day or two. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I ask, because it's been a year, um, has the way your parents feel about what you've done changed since that time or have they stayed pretty judgmental about it? Um, I think it may be a cultural thing. My parents aren't very forthcoming with, with positive feedback or praise. Um, so I have not heard anything positive about it. I haven't heard anything judgmental about it since then. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not sitting around waiting for a pat on the back. Oh boy. It's so interesting. Cause I, when I did mine, I, I checked with, I talked to Sally before I did it and I talked to my boyfriend, Matt, because his family is very active on social media and I was concerned what his family was going to think of me. Mm-hmm. And I also checked in with my mother and mm-hmm. it surprised me because my mother was not as immediately supportive as I expected her to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why was that she was really afraid that I was going to get hurt. And she was really afraid that the people I thought would show up for me would not show up for me. And most of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because I think for her, and maybe there was a little bit of this for your parents too, is that part of the way they felt about it comes from a desire to protect you. Um, 
you're like, no, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> just, just for them culturally. And, and, and it was very, very interesting. Um, because remember, I, I just finished taking this course on, you know, the spiritual side of money and, and money stories and all that stuff. And I literally heard my parents' money story come out of their mouth every day. Mm. There's this, there's this culture of not asking for help, being independent, like you don't bother people, like that kind of stuff just kept coming up. So it was very, very interesting. Um, it was, it was more of an embarrassment for them because of how they were raised and, you know, their independence, um, to see me ask and see me be vulnerable than it was, um, you know, them trying to protect me. They were trying to protect themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because it still comes back to that idea of protection. Yes. Which I think so much conversation around money really does when you boil down to what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think it's because money is so wrapped up in everyone's identity because it is this thing that's like everyone needs it to some extent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes part of like, well, I can only make this much. I can only ask for this much. Uh, I only deserve this much. You only deserve mm-hmm. that much. I don't want to talk about how much you deserve because it may be different from how much I deserve. Like all of these mm-hmm. things, which most of them are not true. I mean, we all just deserve whatever we require. Um, but I think that that's one of the things that I found for sure, um, both from my own crowdfunding experience and then also just from being like an entrepreneur and all of that. I think people get really wrapped up in what it means for their identity, what money means for their identity, what your money means for their identity. Um, <laughs> like all of this stuff. The other side of that too is that like feeling of, Maybe it's not the other side, just a continuation of what you were saying. It's like, I can only receive money if I work myself into the ground. Mm-hmm. Or there's like people who are born with money who have like the opposite kind of relationship to it where, well, and I don't know what kind of relationship they have to it because I was not <laughs> born into money, but I can imagine it's like money comes to me easily. Mm-hmm. I always have money, even when I don't lift a finger. And, um, mm-hmm. Again, thinking about the way that that adds to our own identity versus what it, like, what the way that I relate to money means about somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I was like, I'm going to open myself up to receiving monetary support from people who care about me. And I did get a couple of responses that were like, um, you need to buck up and get a job. And, <laughs> You know, it was like, you know, just because you believe the only way to receive money is this very traditional work yourself into the ground, take a job you don't necessarily like, doesn't mean that that has to be my story. And and if that's not my story, it also doesn't mean that that has to threaten you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh money. Um, (laughs) what Cindy, besides your parents, um, I guess I, I would love to know what are, what are one or two of like the top either triggers that you created in other people or like, you know, your own kind of fears that were reflected back to you. Um, Oh yeah. I want to know both of those things. Yeah. I'm curious. Hmm. Do you need an example? Because I have one. <laughs> sure. Because nothing's coming to me off the top of my head. 
one big one for me was that um, one of my former best friends, um, I owed him money and he could not understand how I would value having a solo show and raising money for a solo show before finishing, before I was done paying him back because he didn't, he was like, well, your priority should be paying back the people that you owe money to not raising new money for this creative project that you have. But for me, Mm. like my solo show was everything like was like such a huge deal to me and my expression and what I required to really step up and step into my life in a big way and really be very visible and be completely unmuted and all of these things that meant the world to me. Um, and so that was a very interesting thing that came up. I, I very strongly triggered him, um, in terms of like what it means to have monetary priorities and obviously like, mm-hmm. like owing him money was just part of that. Um, because really what it was about was like, how dare you say that your most important thing right now is this thing that shouldn't mean anything. This thing's as silly as a solo show, um, instead of like eating and (laughs) living and paying rent and like, you know, whatever else. That was the big one for me. Um, so one thing that's coming to mind right now is that, um, I told you, I, I had this um fear of begging right Mm -hmm. well looking like i was begging and i was just you know scrolling around facebook one day and and i noticed that one of my um former college classmates had uh, posted a status saying something like um you know a lot of these crowdfunding campaigns around here a lot of these people look like they're begging for money Mm. um and i immediately was just like oh (laughs) she's probably talking about me um Mm -hmm. but what was interesting was that she had actually done a crowdfunding campaign the year before and took it down Mm -hmm. and you know people started commenting under her um her her status not necessarily about what she had done but she actually ended up bringing it up she was like you know i did my own crowdfunding campaign and i took it down because i didn't feel you know i don't feel right asking people for money i feel like i should work for it myself um and i was just like Aha. So, you know, that's her own thing that has nothing to do with me. Um, so I don't need to feel uncomfortable about it, you know, just because she's triggered by it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's such an important thing to remember. Like just because something used to be your story or even if it never was, it doesn't mean that it has to keep being your story just because it's somebody else's. Yeah. Um, I think that the temptation is like to bring yourself back down to a level that doesn't serve you just because somebody else is like, well, it still serves me. (laughs) Um, So what? Great. Good, good work. (laughs) Keep it up. (laughs) Keep moving through that. I think that's also just like in general, such an interesting thing to remember is like anytime someone else is triggered, you can be like, oh, that is their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my stuff. And I can I can choose to be mutually triggered by their trigger. Or I can say, you know, I'm not responsible for how you're feeling and I'm not going to take it on. Mm. But it is interesting that that was your big fear. And then, that, and then you saw that and you were like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
it's amazing how our fears do get reflected to us. Yeah. Because literally every single one of my fears was reflected either, you know, on Facebook or through my parents, like verbatim, verbatim. (laughs) Things that I'd said out loud were things that other people said to me. Do you think that that experience helped you work through and let go some of those fears? Um, yes. And it was, <laughs> it was almost like a spiritual classroom because, you know, we read all this stuff about how people are mirrors to us and, you know, we learn all that <laughs> stuff. And I literally saw all of it happen. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh now I understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why? Oh, I'm, I'm just reminded of, of something else interesting that came up during this campaign that had to do with like spirituality. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who um, basically told me, you know, it was come, it was like a week before I was failing miserably. <laughs> it wasn't going so well. And he was like, you know what? Maybe it's not God's will for this to happen. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this whole idea that, God decides, you know, whether or not you're supposed to be blessed with, you know, this money or whether or not you're supposed to be successful. And it took everything within me to just say, no, (laughs) God is within me. And this is about me doing the work, me rising to the occasion and the God in other people, you know, rising to the occasion as well to, you know, help me do this. Um, and, and taking the power out of this, you know, magical being in the sky and putting the power back in my own hands. Um, that was really, really huge during that whole process. Yeah. Sally and I were recently at an event and one of the things that was talked about was, you know, that like when obstacles are thrown in your path you can either choose to be like, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. Or you can say, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like this obstacle is here. Kind of like to test how bad I want it mm-hmm. and how much I'm willing to show up, even mm-hmm. when it gets hard. And even when it looks like maybe it's not going to happen. And it's like, I'm going to do everything I can do, regardless of the obstacles that show up in front of me. I'm not going to, like, wash my hands of it and be like, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I am just amazed by you. I think it's so freaking incredible. So tell us how has work on your EP been going? Because I know that you've also, well, I don't know. I feel like I have a vague idea that you've had some challenges even since the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I've learned is that, you know, you can have the best laid plans <laughs> and then you actually start to work on the thing and realize it you know i've realized it's a lot bigger than i thought it was it's a lot more expensive than i thought it was um so i went to england and i recorded and you know it was just a really really wonderful experience and i love the production that i came back with but i didn't love the vocals and i didn't love the mixing so you know it's been a whole new project to try to redo those things um and what i've learned is that i have to slow down and really follow my gut 
and and take the time to do my research and not just take people's word for it. Um, and then, okay. Hold on. So redoing vocals. I am working on the branding piece of it. I've worked a lot with my coach on, on you know, figuring out what um, my mission is and, and just figuring out what my brand is. So I'm working on the website right now. Um, now that I've got the branding figured out, just did the um, photo shoot and just did the first draft of my music video. So things are moving along. They're just not moving along as quickly as I would like. And I'm having to, um, just, I'm finding that I have to put myself and put this project on a budget because you know there's there's no more kickstarter <laughs> it's all now just me working and putting all of my money towards this um and it's looking right now like the total cost of the project is probably going to be about 40 between 40 and 45 thousand dollars and i've put a lot of pressure on myself to just throw again every single extra dime that i have towards it but you know, I have to do this in a way that allows me to live comfortably <laughs> and not completely stress myself out. Um, and I've, I've just found people who aren't in it don't understand how much it takes. So they're looking at it like, hey, you did this crowdfunding campaign a year ago. Like, where's the product? Like, where is it? We want it now. You're not moving fast enough. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm moving as quickly as I can. How how fast do you expect me to come up with the other twenty twenty five thousand dollars on my own? Well, uh, especially the other like twenty five thousand dollars that I didn't know it was going to take. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually. Um, created a, a, a very uncomfortable financial situation for myself because I was rushing. And I've, I've recently just been at the point where I'm like, okay, it's going to happen when it happens. And I'm not going to stress myself out any longer. Mm. <laughs> Everyone can wait. I can, if I can wait <laughs> and I've been going at this for the past 15 years. Um, <laughs> so if I can wait, um, then everyone else can wait too. Well, it sounds like that was a real evolution because I can imagine that it would be really easy to slip into some feelings of guilt around that. You know, like everyone gave me this money and now I don't have this thing that I said I was going to deliver. And it sounds like you've really worked through that to a, to a place where you're able to be like, you know, I'm going to make it what it needs to be. And I'm going to take the time required to do that. And I think that's just such a mature way to frame the experience that you're having. Well, the universe slapped me over the head to the point where I had no choice but to come to that conclusion. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That is right. <laughs> it's like you learn the easy way, you learn the hard way. I learned that one the hard way, but it's cool. So a year out, when you think back about your Kickstarter... Um, usually we ask for one word at the beginning, which I didn't do of how you were feeling a year ago, but we're going to skip to how are you feeling now? And it doesn't have to be one word, but reflecting back on the step that you took that day, how do you feel about it now? Um, 
the the word that came to my mind was magic. Mm. <laughs> we literally made magic happen. <laughs> because there's no logical reason why I should have raised eight thousand dollars in a day. Hmm. Yeah. It feels magical. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm just I'm really honored that I was able to be a living example of a miracle for so many people. Mm-hmm. I know it was an inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people reached out and, and just talked about how inspired they were by it. Um, so, you know, it was, it was really, really hard for me. It was really stressful, but it was so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was so much good that came out of it outside of just the money, obviously. Mm-hmm. Outside of the money, what would you say is the best thing that came from you doing this Kickstarter. I learned that rejection is not going to kill me. Mm. That's so important to learn. <laughs> like people are going to say no and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because some people are also going to say yes. Yes. So you can focus on all the people who say no, or you can focus on the people who say yes. This experience is a lot better when you focus on those who say yes. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah, and also not to let all those no's stop you, because I think it can be really easy to get discouraged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I feel like you're my Kickstarter hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Cindy, if you could go back to a year ago today, the morning that you set that Kickstarter campaign to live, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? I would say trust the process. Like, you know what to do. Just do it. But you, you actually have to do it. (laughs) Don't let fear get in your way. Just do it. (laughs) Right. Well, you did. You did trust the process. (laughs) But it took me, it took a while. Yeah. It took a while for me to trust the process. The first two, three weeks, I was in panic mode and fear mode. But once I finally trusted the process at the end, that's when things started shifting. Hmm. Well, congratulations. I can't wait to hear the EP when it comes out. I'll be waiting patiently. (laughs) (laughs) Sally what else Um, just that Cindy rocks (laughs) yeah thank you so much for coming on and for chatting with us thanks for having me yeah and I yeah I I just love everything about your journey I'm really excited about watching the music video and really bummed that I couldn't be in it Oh yeah! If you were still here, you know, I know. You definitely could have been in it. Oh, well. I know. Add that to your list of reasons to come back to New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll put it on there, guys. I will. Um, well, yay! Thank you so much. Um, can you share with people where they can find you on the internet? Sure. So my website is www.cindyrain.com. So that's C-I-N-D-Y-R-A-I. N N E 
com, And you can find me on just about every other platform to search Cindy Rain. So Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Twitter. Is that all? Yeah, I think that's all. Do you all. actually tweet? No. I hate Twitter. <laughs> so funny. I was like plugging my Twitter every week and I was like, maybe I'll start tweeting again. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not ever going to tweet again. Let's just let it go. I just post stuff from Instagram to my Twitter feed. <laughs> oh, boy. Sally, where can the people find you on the internet? They can find me at Sally Simply everywhere, including I tried to Snapchat this weekend. Apparently, I didn't do that right. But I'm going to try again, guys. I don't understand how Snapchat works. Just like as an aside, like I don't get the point. I don't, I'm getting old, obviously. Yeah. It made me feel really old. Um, but it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and you can also find me at sallymercedes.com or unmutedexpression.com. Um, Tyler, where can the people find you? Yeah, I'm tylafowler.com and Tyla M. Fowler on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, also a year ago today, this lovely podcast has a Facebook page. If you want to go like our Facebook page, that would be great if you feel so called. Also, we would love if you would share this podcast with somebody else that you think might be interested. Mm-hmm. Keep sharing it, people. you could also rate and review us on iTunes, which is pretty nifty. Or Stitcher, I guess. I think I, that they have yeah. rates and review readings. Stitcher is like another thing that I don't know how it works. So <laughs> we should That's just make cool. a list. Things That's that great. Tyla doesn't understand <laughs> how they work. And you can also find Zena Hal, uh, who provides our intro and outro music on social media at Z-Y-N-A-H-E-L on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's it. That's what we've got, guys. Thank That's you. That's what we've got. All right. Well, thanks, Cindy. It's been so fun to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And thanks, everybody, listening. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.